Hello and welcome to the HEA podcast. Uh, it's not the HEA podcast. It's the HEA book club. We are welcoming you. podcast. Summer, don't pick up all my bad habits. Then <laughs> we are welcoming everyone to it. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author. With me is my best friend and co-host, Kelsey. Hello, everyone. And our guest to talk about the Salacious Players Club by Sarah Kate is Shawnee from Shawnee Reads on Instagram and TikTok. Hello, so happy to be here. And quite possibly one of the cleverest, funniest people on the planet. So Well, let's let's wait until you've like heard me talk for an hour and then you reevaluate if you feel the same way. We can have a poll at the end of the episode. Oh, good. Good. At least, like, I get one vote, which is my own, so. (laughs) Like I mentioned, we're going to be doing Salacious Players Club by Sarah Kate, which we did some re-finagling of our schedule to try to get Give Me More, which is the third book that is coming out on June 16th, to try to get an arc for that. And that dropped about three hours before... (laughs) We started recording so I don't know about you guys I know Kelsey hasn't even touched it I've gotten maybe three chapters in so we're most- I managed to okay <laughs> so, so we'll mostly like- focus- yeah go ahead so I feel like I'm like very well equipped to talk about the whole book right now <laughs> I mean we can talk about the you know we can make our guesses of when the first time all three of them are gonna bang is I think based on the chapters that I read, it's going to be like way faster than <laughs> than I initially expected. But you know, maybe we should we should put in like a spoiler warning for people who haven't haven't gotten to it yet. So, but we can we can speculate wildly. Yeah. We'll speculate wildly. We'll also be talking about the first two books, Praise and Eyes on Me. And for that, Weekly Hots, Kelsey. Summer, you always do this to me. You always make me start first. I know. <laughs> Stressful. Stressful. Okay. Well, you guys don't know, do know, I don't remember what I said at any one point in time because I'm so crazy busy right now, but I'm going on a big trip shortly. I'll be gone for like a month and a half. And in honor of me leaving, Mr. EMT decided to show me a really good time. Before I, before our schedules, you know, we're no longer going in the same direction. So there was some rope, there was some ice, there was a lot of great language. It was a great time. It was a great time. I think he's been reading the books. I think there's a, is he taking notes? (laughs) I am so suspicious on him actually listening to this podcast because he found it one time accidentally because I fucked up and I accidentally left like the like I was sending Summer the raw file of our recording and there it was like big and bold on the screen the HEA book club and then all of a sudden Mr. EMT is on my couch looks over pulls it up on his phone and then just like middle of our conversation shows it to me and is like so is this your is this your podcast that I've been hearing about and I'm like oh (laughs) probably turned as bright as a tomato and I was like you don't need to listen to that you really don't. Like you may have been featured once or twice. Can't have him have too big of an ego, but you really don't need to listen. But I'm still suspicious that he does. And then Summer became Facebook, or no, not Facebook. <laughs> Somehow in the middle yeah. of all this. 
I was just being nosy and, you know, <laughs> needed to stalk him. And he had a private profile, so I obviously had to add him. <laughs> yeah, you were stalking so now- my house Instagram earlier this week. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm seeing a pattern here, okay? There's a strong pattern. Strong pattern. I don't know how I even found that. Is it like tagged yeah, I- in something? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, it must come up, like, if you if you are with me on Instagram, like, because we interact, like, all day long, it'll just probably be like, hi, you should probably follow them, too. Background information. Shawnee was one of the instigators, the enablers, that put together this group chat for people to read Perfect Strangers, which is by JT Geisinger. And... It's a the um, ultimate mindfuck of a book. So the reactions were wild. I stayed up till like 3 a.m. reading it. And when I told Kelsey that, she was like, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> the, fu- the whole funny part about it all was the fact that like I read it in November because I think it was Molly on TikTok. Molly's bookshelf or Molly reads romance. I don't, I don't remember exactly what her handle is. But she had read it and she was like, this is crazy. Like, you don't look up anything about it. Just read it. And then I read it by myself. So I didn't have a support group to chat with. So I read it by myself and I was like sobbing hysterically and just going like, what the fuck? In our guest room. While my husband keeps coming and being like, what's happening over there? (laughs) But so I read it in November. And then I don't remember how it came about. But Angie, her sulfur books wanted to read it and she was like I'm gonna send you like reactions and then it just like snowballed at one point we had like 10 people in one group chat reading it just like getting the reactions honestly it's much better being on the receiving end of the reactions (laughs) because it's such a crazy book and just it's just really funny seeing people just like lose their minds I I mean and I I'm a terrible person and I really enjoyed the people like crying videos (laughs) (laughs) you know it's fine I'll talk to my therapist about that (laughs) I feel like we're all a little bit into just observing the human psyche and it's different stages sure it's interesting great way to put it mostly the horny psyche (laughs) I mean that's book talk yeah Okay, so weekly hots. Kelsey, was that your weekly hot? That was my weekly hot. I was keeping it short and sweet. Okay, lovely. Well, short and spicy. My weekly hot is not very hot because I was sick all week. I was gonna say, was um, it your fever? Oh, oh my god, that was hot. <laughs> that got up there. Marching. <laughs> um, but. Oh, actually, you know what's funny is this full circle because last episode we just recorded with Tate, I ended it being like, I think I have a fever. Like, I'm going to go now. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) But she's on the mend. She's doing great. She feels good today. And my weekly hot is that I, I've talked about like spicy artwork before. I've gotten it done for my books. I'm it's like this addiction I have. I followed now, yesterday I joined three more Patreons. I have like 10 Patreons of basically just like alien porn artists. And that I like, I'll flash it to Gabby sometimes. And she'll just be like, what is that? Like, what? 
He's like, tentacles do what? Exactly. So that's my weekly hot is I'll like I'll link below my favorite people. And I also recently discovered that Twitter has like no censorship. So if you find somebody on like Instagram and everything's like blurred out, usually if they're an artist, they'll have a Twitter that is like it's a free for all. It's like Tumblr, where there's like all those like sex gifts. Yeah, all the sex workers are only on Twitter. They're not on Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. They're just on Twitter. Yeah. I gotta get my ass to Twitter. That sounds great. So I have an addiction, I think, to... Of of just looking up fan art or just commissioning it for your own books. Oh, I, I wish I could afford to commission it so much. There's, like, that's Tiffany Roberts, who I actually only started one of her books last night but i'm now a member of her patreon (laughs) her patreon is mostly just like spicy artwork that she has commissioned for her characters and like that would be my dream is if i had a patreon that could just like basically fund commissions because they're not cheap rightfully so because i mean they're like beautiful works of custom art but all i'm saying is if you are the next one if, if you're doing anything you should get the stool from stolen to fight there's a, there's a, I have one with a stool. You do? It is. Yeah. Oh you have to send it to me because I don't think I've seen that. It is incredible. Yeah. Oh. It was that, it was that video that I'd sent that got blocked, but it was not very clear. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. But. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was look. I was looking at it on, on the train today when I was coming <laughs> home from work. So I was like, there are children around. And then I was looking at like a blow blowjob gift without even knowing it either. So, oh, yeah. you know, my commutes home are very fun, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my weekly hot. Is and mo- that's okay. Sorry. The other funny thing is that I'd say a good like ninety five percent of the art is for like books and characters that I haven't even read. Like, a lot of them are Akatar, and I read them. All right, Shawnee. <laughs> I, I was, like, trying, I was, like, trying to think, come, come up with, like, what's the weekly hot, but I think that, like, I have to go with, like, a book-related thing that is about, it's about this book that I've been reading, and Summer's been getting some of the reactions. I've been reading Strangers in My Bed by Jade West which is like it's one of those books where it's like you have to go on blind but this is like dark and weird and it's not often that I'm reading a spicy book by an author that I'm I've like read a bunch of her stuff before and I really like her and these some of these scenes I'm just like I don't know if I like need to go into my nightstand and masturbate or if I need to go and like lie down so the nausea like heaters <laughs> off because there's just they're just insane there's in just insane I'm and like as a teaser I will say that like you know like seven loads of cum and champagne do not mix that's oh, just God. like in, that's what happens in the book I'm like I need to I needed to stop it today because I was just like I'm so scared I'm a 45% and it's already been so crazy but it's just this is like these are all the things that you learn about yourself when you're reading these books that you're just kind of yeah. like 
<laughs> am I turned on or grossed out? Like, am I gonna have to like masturbate or go throw up? I don't understand. And then, it, then it's like you have to be like, I think I need to read like a Tessa Bailey book right now to like recalibrate my brain. But yeah, I think that's that's like my weekly hot. It's a li- my it's my weekly weird hot. I guess it fits. It does fit. Let's talk about Salacious Players Club. I was so excited about this because I, Kindle just knows me so well. They suggested praise to me like around the same time that Summer was like, we're going to do the Salacious Players Club. But me being me, I was like, that's on my calendar for three weeks from now. I'm not going to worry about it. I was reading it like a month ago and I was like, Summer, what a great book. And Summer was like, Kelsey, like we're, we're reading this for the podcast. And I was like, phenomenal. Can't wait. Give me the next one. Let's go. So I was very excited to say the least. So, so the funny part is that like, I swear I'd never heard of Sarah Kate before Praise came out. And like, she's like, she hits like all of the boxes of what I like in romance and darker romance. And I read Praise when it came out because so many of my mutuals were had gotten the arc for Praise and they were like, oh my god a new Sarah Kate series how exciting blah 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 and I was like yeah I guess I'll read it and then I read Praise and I was like where has this woman been my entire life like I'm obsessed and now I'm like to the point where so Praise came out in March or something if I think that's right sure and I have now read everything except like three of Sarah's backlist so I've like binged her stuff I think there's literally like two books of hers that I haven't read yet so you could say I'm a fan That's which is why I'm very excited to talk about these two I knew if we were going to be talking about these books so we had to have you on so the first book is called Praise and it the main characters are Emerson and Charlotte or Charlie Charlie Charlotte Depends um, who's talking to her. Yeah. Ooh. Or in um, what context. <laughs> and as the title of the series implies, Slacious Players Club is a sex club that a group of people own. And the series follows the different owners. Emerson is one of the owners. One sentence premise is Charlotte was dating Emerson's son they had a bad breakup he was kind of like just a lousy boyfriend she goes to pick up her renter's deposit from her from his dad because he was a co-signer for their apartment irrelevant detail but so she shows up to get this check and he thinks that she is her his new like sub slash secretary so he walks in and he's like you should be on your knees when i come in like don't speak to me unless spoken to blah blah and she's like okay and then he ends up offering her a job for real after he realizes it's a mistake he has a strained relationship with his son so he's like oh well like i'll hire the ex-girlfriend and then i'll get closer to my my son and then their relationship as just strictly secretary boss kind of blends into secretary sub which blends into you know is he or is he not gonna fuck his son's ex-girlfriend there was a lot of moral dilemma around this book 
all around from both Charlotte slash Charlie and Emerson's view. Yeah, I think I think the the moral dilemma, particularly on Emerson part, Emerson's part, really leads to like some really delicious tension, where he's just kind of like must not touch her, and then it's like it, <laughs> but also like I think that like Charlotte's sort of innocence of being like what do you mean? And like, she's like naturally very submissive or like leans into it because she has a praise kink. And Emerson's just like, what the fuck would you, like, why would the universe send this perfect creature to me when I can't touch her because she's my son's ex-girlfriend? Or he keeps saying my son's girlfriend and and Charlotte's like, no, please, I'm an ex. (laughs) I feel like, like I think they have I think they have like a screaming match about it too. Like, <laughs> yeah. That is that is important. It, that you there's nothing really that would stop you except your morals. But you know what? Who needs those? Especially in books. Right? Morally gray, as we like to say here. I don't think Emerson's morally gray though. I think he's actually like pretty moral, like considering like like, I think he really owns what he likes and what he's into. And he really very quickly acknowledges that, like, Charlotte is, like, perfect for him. But he's just, with, like, trying to figure out if his relation or repairing his relationship with his son is more important than getting his dick wet. I really appreciate that about him. Like, him actually taking, like, a deep dive into his own circumstances and not letting like the very base knowledge of oh she's my son's ex-girlfriend like therefore I can never touch her and she shouldn't be in my life like that's the quick and easy thing that happens I want to say in modern society more often than not which is when I that's why I said morally gray is like he actually he fought for it which is what we don't normally see like, have you guys ever hooked up with an ex's father or mother? Do you know anyone? I would, also, I would also like to add, though, that none of my ex's parents are super hot 40-year-old millionaires who own a sex club. Exactly what I was going to say. That's, so. a, that's a good asterisk. It's and good I think Charlotte is, like, maybe, like, just 21. Or, like... She's a baby. Right. She's she's fairly young. She's just a baby. <laughs> so she's fairly young. So when you say there's a 20-year age gap, it's not like he's like like a wrinkly 70-year-old. Thank God. Well, so this is this is the funny part to me where I'm like, my husband's 40. Like we don't <laughs> like we don't have a big age gap, but I'm like, that's like my husband. And it's like it's always a picture like oh like even like the physical descriptions of Emerson, I'm just like, this is real close to home. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't mind it. And obviously, like, we don't have like a 19 year old age gap, but it's, <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, I'm down with it. That's all I'm saying. He should get a sex club and become a millionaire, though. Those are still like, you know, check boxes for him to fill in. Every time that I read another book about a sex club, I'm like, why have I not been to one? 
why is there not one closer to me like who who needs who needs to get me this in is what i constantly think to myself whenever i get one of these books on my hands i feel like there are way there are either way way more sex clubs around or way way fewer like there's not just like the same incidents as you get in these books where it's like every every city has like a couple or whatever but i don't remember what series i read i think i think it's like it might be Fiona Cole's Boyer series, but it's like, I think it's set in like Cincinnati. And I'm like, that is like the least sexy city <laughs> for a sex club. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I can't wait to read the next book of, about a sex club that's set in like Des Moines. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like, maybe this is my like coastal elitism showing or whatever. But I, sometimes I'm just kind of like, huh. Well, that was a choice that the author made, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's all, you know, we can suspend our disbelief. It's like that one episode of The Bachelor when like a date takes place in Cleveland. And I swear Cleveland paid The Bachelor for this episode because like every other little interview is like, wow, I can't believe how great Cleveland actually is. Like, we love Cleveland. Like, is it how romantic? <laughs> Isn't Cleveland, Cleveland has, is, is Cleveland the one that has Cuyahoga River? Am I making that up? Or oh, I have no like idea. That? But I feel like, I think it's, it's either Cleveland or Cincinnati where the Cuyahoga runs through it. And I feel like if you get hate mail about me getting my Ohio geography wrong, let's just put it out there. I'm foreign. I don't know the Midwest. But like Cuyahoga, I think it was like on fire for like two years or whatever because of like <laughs> industrial waste. I'm like, it's not the sexiest city, okay? But, you know, whatever, it, you know, all these cities got to make some bank somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> I did listen to a podcast where a girl, it, it was a, it wasn't a romance podcast. It was like an actual real life thing where a girl who's a sex worker, she goes to like sex clubs, but they're at different people's like mansions or at like, they'll rent out like a really big house. So it's not one one place which i think legally like i think it would just be so much easier to have a membership where you like have people who you know pay to go to access to a party and versus you know all which that's so boring we don't have to talk about the the, the <laughs> legalities of paying for sex but it's not sex but anywho so we're gonna have to pin that for another time They did mention it briefly where they're like, oh, they're not paying for sex. They're paying for the room. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have a two drink minimum, which I appreciate because the only like, oh, sorry, maximum. Yes, (laughs) maximum. Uh, Because the only. I feel like that's in like every single book with sex clubs where it's like, it's like you can't have more than two drinks. Otherwise, like, because you don't want your faculties impaired. I didn't. I, this is my first sex club one except for oh except for the club alias series which i also (laughs) we had some issues with that book series but one of my biggest ones actually was that majority from my understanding of like professional dominatrixes or doms like it's strictly no sex like it's just the dom sub relationship so this one where they had a lot of elements of BDSM that were like accurate and correct in terms of like 
consent and trauma healing and all that it was like totally not accurate that like they would be having sex well then that's like then it just goes to like the boring legalities and like insurance waivers like you're just like well i love this chapter about the insurance waiver in my (laughs) romance bdsm book doesn't really fly does it i mean it's somebody's kink (laughs) insurance waivers you never know you never know you never know don't want to unintentionally yuck anybody's yum mm-hmm. uh, so this book wasn't my favorite of the two and i do have to say something because i'm curious for your guys's take so one of the things that and this actually annoyed me with some of katie roberts writing as well and i mean we love katie robert like her book i recently talked about electric idol super super good but when the internal narration is like the same conflict again and again it's like for emerson he kept being like oh but she's so young she's my ex-boyfriend's my son's ex-girlfriend and like oh you know it's like that's like we get it you know anywho so that's something that that was like irritating me but then i have had like when i had like an editor sometimes look at my writing she would say like oh like you need a you need to put more internal dialogue in not just you know like include their reactions not just like what's happening so i'm wondering if this is a me problem or if this is a a other people problem i think i i think i know what you're saying and the funny part is like so i read this was the first sarah kate book that i ever read and i read it like maybe like the same week it came out earlier in the spring and i really really loved it and then i read more of her writing and I think it's a it's for me this is like a solid four star book but now because I was like skimming through it again last night and then today to be able to talk to you guys because my brain is like Swiss cheese when it comes to remembering any kind of details uh it's like in in one eyeball out the other the second (laughs) I'm done but there's there's some stuff in this book that I I kind of like forgot about And that like the repetitive internal monologue on part of Emerson is one of them. But also the fact that like the the conflict is like a little tricky for me in the sense that like, it's something that he's already solved for himself in in his like internal monologue where it's like when like Bo figures out what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's already decided that he's picking Charlotte no matter what and then it goes to like the actual reality I'm like I must like grow a fucking spine man which is also like why I wanted him to grovel a lot more and this is also kind of like what happens in in eyes on me I want to be like these dudes are getting off way too easy no pun intended yeah <laughs> now seriously though there could have been a lot more groveling in both books easy yeah and it was deserved which is funny because one of the things that I really liked about Eyes on Me was that the at the end when mm-hmm. we'll we'll spoil it once we're talking about the second book, but at the end when Mia finds out his secret, I was like, oh god, now we're gonna have thirty pages of her being pissed, even though like she kind of is happy about the outcome just for the conflict. So I was actually happy. You know, we could have we could have him groveling more, sure. But I was actually happy that that conflict wasn't drawn out. 
let's let's pin that and come back to when we're talking about eyes yeah. on me because I have a lot I have a lot to say about eyes on me and how Sarah handles all of the like traditional pitfalls that come with the tropes that are in that book. Ooh, if, okay. Yeah. yeah. Should we jump? Should we jump? Before we do, favorite scene in Praise. Oh. I, I'm, I'm a complete hoe for a public vibrator that they can't control themselves. Scene. Like, it's like one of my favorites. <gasps> I've literally read books that and I will not name them because they were like not very good but I was like let me just get to that scene because I saw it in a teaser on TikTok <laughs> yeah because uh, I just I it's the whole like behavior yourself. like yeah they composed and then they're like in a restaurant where they're like holding a glass of ice water and it's just like a scene yeah. from Jurassic Park <laughs> where they're like <laughs> trying to keep a straight face while they're coming at the table or whatever over po- a dinner or pasta I, I really love that but I will say, like, before we move on to Eyes on Me, I love the Loki trans rep in Praise. Yes. With Charlotte's sister. And it's, like, it's done really delicately because I feel like there's a... Obviously, like, there's a lot of calls for more and more inclusivity in multiple ways in books. And sometimes it feels so shoehorned and sort of like, look at me, I'm being inclusive. Whereas right now in in praise, it's sort of like, that's just how they live. Like it's just part of their lives. And Charlotte, Charlotte even says like, oh, like it's just important to me, like it, it, that your sex club is inclusive. And there's that's it. Like that's the conversation. Like Emerson doesn't really prod into it and it doesn't become like, a, well, why, why, why? She, and Charlotte isn't forced to explain. So it's just sort of like, it felt very realistic in a sense to me where it's like if there's someone who you know who is LGBTQ or has like mental health issues or whatever and you want them to be represented accurately or treated just like normal like you know your neurotypical or straight people cis people it was just I just I just loved it it was just very nicely done good job Sarah I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing as I was reading through it. It was very delicately and appropriately done in a way that was, it was just, it was phenomenal, really. I think my favorite scene was in the voyeur hall. I loved it. I also think... <laughs> <laughs> I also think, like... I think I loved it because it was, it was like before, I think that was like the most like sexual contact they had had. And I love when the, like the first, you know, interaction isn't, isn't the the traditional, like you kiss and then you take off the shirt and then you take off the pants and blah, 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 blah. So I, I always love when there's a, you know, they get, they get to the business without with skipping on business anywho kelsey do you have a favorite Mm. no i'm good (laughs) wait did you not like the book at all no i did i really did i uh, okay i just i have eyes on me stuck (laughs) in my head 
So I really should have just been like, it's just not fresh anymore. If I was going through my quotes, I would definitely be thinking of something. Okay, so as someone who, like, no shame here, has a praise kink themselves, I think I definitely related to and appreciated some more of the, like, less sexual but still very, like, subdom scenes. Like, I definitely connected more to that, and I appreciated that. So maybe some of the office scenes. Your response is like, <laughs> so, so my mother-in-law, she goes oh, to the thrift store, like, goes to the thrift store, like, every week, sometimes multiple times a week. So she often finds things that she thinks we might like. And, like, instead of being like, no, I don't like that, we usually say, like, oh, like, I'm good, or, like, I'm good. And she's always like, what does that mean? You're good. You're good. Like, what do you, do, you're good. You don't like it. You, you hate it. Like, just say you don't like it. And it's, it's all very, you know, she's, her feelings aren't actually hurt. I think most of the time, but it was just funny. The way you said that is like, so when somebody shows you something that they think is cute, that like, is not And you're just like, wow. I think I was like more just trying to like not put my kinks on blast, but it's cool. We got there anyways. <laughs> So it wasn't, it wasn't like a, I hate the book or anything like that. It was just more like, was I going to keep a moment of privacy? Apparently not because I backtracked the next sentence. <laughs> I will say before we move on to Eyes on Me, Praise does have one of my favorite, like, I don't know if it's a trope, but it's like a little tasty treat that you get in these kind of books, particularly in like DS books where the, there is a scene where the sub is like talking down on themselves and it's like, I don't deserve it, or like, I'm not pretty, or whatever. And then they get punished, because the dom is like, you you can't talk shit about something that I own. And it makes me mad. And I'm just like... That's, that is a good one. I eat it up. It's a good one. She also, Sarah Kate, does a really good job of, like, not skinny main characters. Where, like, it's obvious that they're not, you know, like, model thin. But... She doesn't the... use the word tiny, which I hate. I feel like I've read, like, in the past, like, month, I've read a bunch of books where it's, like, her tiny waist or her tiny hands and her tiny face and her tiny elbows. And you're just, like... Yeah. People aren't, like, porcelain dolls. Yeah. And it's not like her her personality isn't that she like has a stomach. It's she she's just like a very you know average weight person. Um, and yeah, she's just a human, which I think is great. Eyes on Me, I think, is the most sex positive book I've ever read in terms of the way sex and kinks and desire, especially women's desire and pleasure is talked about and agency and consent and all that good stuff. Somebody else give the one sentence that's like a run-on sentence that's like kind of a paragraph with a lot of M dashes synopsis. I can can give it a go. (laughs) You go. So Garrett is one of the owners of the Slacious Players Club. He's in his early 30s. He is a child of divorce. I'm like forgetting if like his mom is still at least in the picture, but his His mom is remarried and his mom remarried this lovely gentleman who happens to have a 
daughter from a previous relationship. Her name is Mia. And she, when she was eight when they got married, am I making that up? And Garrett was like 21 or maybe it was like a little bit. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. But so there's like a very significant age gap where it's like they, Mia and Garrett have never lived together in the same home because Garrett had already moved out and is living his own life, et cetera. And Mia grew up with Garrett's mom and her father. And Garrett is, as one of the owners of the club, is obviously like exposed to kinks and all of the happenings on at the club. But one night he was feeling, he's feeling a little bit down and he hops on a cam girl app after having a couple beers and he logs into a room. And this is not something he normally does, but he's like, she looks hot. I'm going to log in. And then he realizes that it's actually his sister Mia, who is at this point, I think she's 23, right? Mm -hmm. So we've done a a jump in, in the, uh, in the chronology, I guess. And instead of logging off, he pays for a private room with Mia. And the two continue to con- like have conversations and cyber sex on this app. Mia has no idea who she's talking to and Garrett obviously does. And Garrett also decides that he is gonna join in on the family vacation at the lake house where Mia is currently with their respective parents. And then obviously forced proximity, things get hot and heavy. And it's, I, I cannot tell you how much I love this book. Like it's, it's so good. It's so good. Right? It's so good. <laughs> but I think like that like sort of covers what's happening. So you get like, you know, step siblings, age gap, secret identity, forced proximity, sex work and sex. then obviously there, there's the mental health rep which we can talk about that. oh this book was delicious I like this book so much more than the first book and on my note of like repetitive internal dialogue one of my big pet peeves in main male main characters is when they're like I'm just a bro like I'm never gonna settle down like ladies and chicks like don't need them like i'm so carefree bruh and anywho i was worried that that was gonna be <laughs> stop <laughs> you know what i'm talking about though i know, um, I know I... what you're talking about but i'm picturing your tiktok now where you were comparing <laughs> guys who fuck to different types of coffee drinks <laughs> just it's spiraling in my brain in the best way yeah so, summer what is what, what coffee is garrett come on what coffee order let's go Oh, yeah. Garrett is definitely, like, multiple shots of espresso on the go, but only from, like, a select baristas, like, that he trusts and, like, certain coffee shops. This is funny because I, in my mind, he's, like, like a single origin cold brew red eye kind of dude. But, like, he doesn't go to Starbucks, but he goes to, like, the independent coffee shop in his name nitro cold brew like, yeah on something tap, like yeah single origin exactly. yeah and if like the barista that he likes isn't on duty like forget it <laughs> absolutely absolutely because he got burned once it's not happening again it's easier to go without coffee that day mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. That's, his, that's his motto right there 
and you can't believe that some people like Drake can just get coffee at McDonald's. <laughs> oh my god, Drake would 100% get his coffee at McDonald's. That's fucking accurate. And he would drink like three-day-old coffee that he finds in his car too. Ew. Yeah, I can see that. He would. And I've only met him for like two chapters. So like, <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah, that checks out. Major, like, dirty college boy himbo vibes. Johnny, you said that you have, like, a breakdown or commentary on the different tropes. Let's hear it. This is your oh, time to shine. So I think that there's, there's like, there's a couple of things that would happen in, that usually happen in sort of, like, I think it, it particularly happens in step-sibling romances, but in a lot of, like, taboo romances where the main conflict is the fact that their parents find out and excuse me <laughs> it I really love the fact that that when they're in the hospital when Mia's dad is in the hospital and Gareth's mom is just like I have always wanted to see you happy I just didn't realize it was going to be Mia who makes you so happy and Gareth's like how did you know that like in in a lot of like let's say less skilled step-sibling books Mia and Garrett being step-siblings and their parents finding out or their friends finding out or their co-workers or whatever finding out about their relationship would be the main conflict in in the book Mm -hmm. which feels like to me it doesn't it feels like kind of like overwrought or overused or whatever and the fact that the conflict there's the secret identity of Garrett masquerading as someone else online, mm-hmm. but also then having a relationship with Mia in person. I and the conflict that comes from that, like I think it was really powerful. And like when Mia figures out that Garrett is actually the same person that she's been talking to online, like when that like phone notification comes through for a message on Garrett's phone it's like my heart was like like my soul left my body I was just like oh Mm -hmm. it was just like it like it's not it's cringe but it's not cringy like it was I was just like I I mean I was so uncomfortable in this situation but that also made it feel really real I think Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah I think I think like what it comes down to is that Sarah is just like really good at writing <laughs> and like really skilled at handling these because like obviously romance is all tropes and mm-hmm. the way they get handled is what makes it interesting and I think that she can take these tropes that we've read a hundred times and make them feel really fresh and unique and like something that we haven't experienced before but also do it in a way where it will tug on our heartstrings and make us reach for the night that is so many positive things to come out of one book and you don't usually get that at least I don't usually get that all the time you know to be able to hit all of those different categories like that is the sign of just an absolutely phenomenal author for sure and while still keeping it really spicy mm-hmm and having the plot be captivating enough and the prose being good. Like, I'm 
I will forgive a lot in a lot of books that I read. And like, if the prose isn't good, I'm perfectly happy to continue if like the plot's interesting or if the spice is really good. But this is like, I'm like, how do you do it all in one book? How do you put it all together? I particularly liked that we had the like jealous, possessive, you know, like alpha guy that wanted to claim her and my favorite scene was when she's putting on like a basically an in-person cam girl performance and he at the sex club and he busts in and just like starts ruthlessly fucking her and is like say you're mine like tell everybody that you're mine and i love that there was that man possessiveness but he didn't take away like her sex work and didn't take away like her still being able to do her thing like he didn't keep her like locked up but now you know now he can own a sex club but she can't do sex work anymore i also like going back to like the the tropes that are done really well is and this is a spoiler (laughs) is that mia is a virgin even though she is a sex worker oh yeah and it's it was one of those things where, like, the way it's handled in the book, I think, like, I think Garrett's just like, but you're so fucking hot. Like, how did you make it to 23 and you're a virgin? And Mia just, like, deadpans and being like, have you met men? I was, like, I was, like <laughs> laughing out loud. I'm like, yes. that is fucking hilarious. But it's also, like, a way for, like, Mia to really own her own sexuality and being like, yeah, like, I'm a virgin, but I can also still be a sex worker. I can be a cam girl. Like, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um, because I own my sexual... I, like, really own my own sexuality and also, like, what is virginity? Fucking dumb. And then she goes and, like, loses her virginity, like, in a voyeur room at the club. Like, we all do, you know? Just cash. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Yeah, ditto. For sure. That's how I lost mine. (laughs) So weird that all three of us lost our virginity to our stepbrothers in the voyeur room at a sex club? Oh my god, doesn't everyone? (laughs) I mean, talk about overdone tropes. (laughs) I really love all the scenes at the club, but what is also really cute is like when they go home from the club. Yes. And and Garrett's like, yeah, but I'll make like it's, like, it's just so freaking cute, you like, know. And then when he's like, "Do you think I'm gonna let someone who just lost their virginity drive themselves home?" Like, absolutely not. You're coming to stay with me. Yeah, but also like so we're like swooning over that, and then it's like, oh, so low. <laughs> Can we just also take a moment to reflect mm-hmm. on the fact that she not only lost her virginity, but she did it three times in one night. And then again in the morning. And then again in the morning. I don't know what it was like when you guys lost your virginity to your stepbrothers, but uh, mine wasn't quite like that. I don't think I was ready for literally three more rounds within 12 hours. Look, this is where (laughs) you suspend your disbelief, okay? Oh, so be it. (laughs) Yeah, it... I don't know, like, I... I just love this book so much. And, like, I read a ton... And I, like, for some reason, like, series set in sex clubs are, like, a cat to me. 
I really, really love them. And I think that they're really hard to do really well without them feeling cheesy or exploitative or like the women completely lack agency. And I think like, I'm like almost scared to read me more right now. Like I know that the early reviews that I've seen from the people who got the arc a couple of days earlier than I did are like really, really good. But I'm like, it needs to keep getting better or stay as good. So. Yeah, you don't want you don't want like the the expectations to pass. Yeah, I think it'll be good, and like I think my expectations are pretty high, mostly because of all the other Sarah Sarah Kate books that I've read. Uh, give me more. I'm also really excited because Sarah is very good at MFM and MMF. So we'll see. I also, this podcast is just like out of order scenes that we loved and a recap of the book in mixed up chronological order. (laughs) But the scene that like made me want to scream was when I think they're like, it's their first night sort of together at the lake house after and we should add that they had they didn't have like a chummy relationship she was always like perceived as like this bratty annoying little sister and he was you know the aloof cold like like picks on her you know sort of just like doesn't give her the time of the day so them having like an amicable relationship or even just like amicable sitting next to each other on a couch wasn't really a thing so or even like the seeing first... each other as like peers Mm-hmm. because I think Garrett was always like you're a little girl I don't want to deal with you yeah exactly or at least that's and, what he told people but they were they were like on the couch I think maybe like watching something and they start like play wrestling or something ends up where he's basically on top of her and has a boner and she can feel it and they're like do you want this and like I'm gonna ruin it but that scene just like their foreplay until they got to the point where they built up their relationship was beautiful and it was a lot of it was a lot of teasing and it was a lot of power play between both of them like both Mm -hmm. of them had power at different points and I think that's part of what makes their long-term relationship so successful as well for sure I think I really love the where he like pins her down was like do you Mia, do you want me to fuck you? Because I will. Like, yeah. I, oh, I love it. But also the karaoke. I love the karaoke. Yes. Night. Where Mia's like, fuck it. I'm just going to have a good time and like strut my stuff. And I know that you find this really hot. And I'm not going to apologize for it. You're going to be uncomfortable. And I'm going to like love it. Mm-hmm. And then Garrett, Garrett's like, let's just leave and Mia's like no I'm good I'm good we're gonna hang out it's like oh, I love it I think Mia for a virgin which we kind of talked about and like there's a lot of weird virgin tropes in romance novels but like for a virgin she's like so sexually empowered and really refreshing because it's like she's a 21st century 23 year old woman who's like Mm -hmm. not 
like who's like fully owns her own sexuality and isn't like this like oblivious innocence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though she is a virgin which I think like a lot of virginity tropes really fall into where they're just like I was like oh my god I've never even seen a penis what is that you know and you're just like girl have you do you not have the internet in this book reality that you have which is again like like I said like when she's like well I just didn't feel like fucking any of you because like I've met men yeah so that's easily one of the top lines so fucking funny I just like I honestly like I think about it maybe like once a week and just like giggle to myself while I'm like making toast <laughs> in the morning <laughs> it's so good Kelsey did you have a favorite scene mm, I think oh but it's a spoiler it's like a huge spoiler scene I mean we've already spoiled stuff yeah we have if it's if it's really bad I'll cut it out okay when it's at the end of the book and they are like fuck I just loved the epilogue that's not what I was going to say but now I'm thinking about the epilogue from both of their perspectives both when they announced their engagement which why didn't he ask permission first I'm a little peeved either way when they announced the engagement and then after that when they were just like fucking in that like hotel in Japan or something I don't know okay that wasn't going to be my favorite scene but my actual favorite is towards the end when she is like strutting her stuff in the club and he's just admiring her and he's letting her be her authentic self and is just so incredibly proud of her knowing that at the end of the night like they're gonna go home together but like at this moment in time like she is she's just herself she's her authentic self and like that's the best gift that you can give someone as a partner is letting them be their authentic self yeah I think there's a there's something really sexy when in particularly like in this kind of relationship where it's like she's a sex worker he works he owns sex stuff where it's like lines can get blurred really easily in their professional worlds but there has to be some level of allowance of like letting the other person do their job and not like getting possessive about it where instead of him being like no she belongs to me he's like no but I get to take her home Mm -hmm. like everyone else Mm -hmm. gets to see her but I get to take her home that's really hot and like I mean the last scene on the stage is it's just gonna it's gonna be rent free yeah forever (laughs) and and again like for really good lines where and this is you know it's it's gonna be a spoiler but where it's like when Garrett's like, well, I made you wear a plug, so I, I like, the least I can do is reciprocate. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, I was thinking about it too. Love to see it. Uh-huh. Love to see it. Also, a small related tangent. When Sarah was doing, she was like posting on Instagram and I think uh, asking people like, oh, well, what do you want to see in my uh, merch store? And I sent her a message and I was like, I want a set of butt plugs where the base says his and hers. <laughs> and she was like, yes, but no. She's like, I appreciate it. That's funny. I'm just like, the 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 amount of research it would take to find a print-on-demand company that offers butt plugs. <laughs> like, is there... 
I mean, I'm sure there is a market. I was going to say, like, I feel like it's going to be way easier to find that than anything. <laughs> Am I going to Google that after we finish this? Maybe. I hope you do. I mean, what else um, am I going to do with my evening? <laughs> Since we have so many glowing things to say, I want to be nitpicky again. How did we feel about, I think it was, it was mostly the first book, but it was a little bit in the second book when Eden, who is a regular at the club, is used to like make the guys jealous so like she was like oh like let's make out and then we'll really get your man's attention and I felt like for a book that obviously like the like queer rep and like friendliness was there like the awareness and the intention so I was like I was almost surprised to see that because it's like such a Ugh, thing it, it's it's like it's very male gazy mm-hmm. and it it bugged me a lot more on the second time of like going through praise and it, like then it's like in eyes on me it comes up again like Eden Eden's there um mm-hmm. and to me it's like it's it's like a weird fit for the story because she's not like She's just a member at the club, but mm-hmm. she's not part. She's not like friends with the owners. Like she's not part of their circle, but she has this like outsized, like, plot device mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. in both books. Like way less in Eyes on Me, mm-hmm. but I totally agree with you. And like I saw that people were because Sarah teased the tropes for Mercy, which is going to be the fourth book. People were like oh my god, is it going to be Eden? Because it's going to be a reverse age gap. And I was like, I'm going to be so annoyed if it's Eden. I don't think, I mean, I think it's going to be Maggie. Maggie, because Maggie's the fourth owner in the club. So it's like, it makes sense. It's all the owners. Mm-hmm. The fifth owner. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you though. I liked her in the sense of I'm annoyed with you guys on it. But I also feel like there is a purpose. And I think I look at it in the sense of almost like fairy godmother or like instigator in a positive way because she popped up in both books in that way. But I do think that like, let's say that she pops up in this third book, I would like for it to not be the male gaze. Like she doesn't bother me as long as it's not like in this fairy godmother sense that I've put her in in my brain, as long as it's not solely male gaze oriented. So to me, it feels like she's like a house mom at the club. (laughs) you know what I'm saying yeah but it's like it would I think it would flow better if she was like the person who like manages all the sex workers who are who are at the club like Mm -hmm. if she was actually a part of that team if you will (laughs) you know I don't I don't know and maybe she'll get there maybe not I mean she definitely has her own thing in this universe going on for her I also, yeah, I don't have so much of an issue with her, like, as a character. It was just, like, I was, I was thinking I was just, like, shocked. I was, like, really? Like, that's what we're gonna do? And maybe it's just because, you know, I have a bazillion stories of 
you know, being at a bar and being like, oh, this is my, in college, being like, this is my girlfriend. And they're like, oh my God, make out to prove it. And I'd be like, you make out with your friend. And they'd be like, and like, I don't know, just, so anyway, so I was, so I was almost, I was just like shocked to see that. Did it affect this overall story? No. Being overly nitpicky? Yes. Is it something that stood out to me though? I'm totally with you. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, hmm. oh, well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, if I'm, if I'm talking about this book, I mean, we're an hour and 15 minutes into this episode and I bring it up, you know, it's not like this right. thing that stood out about this book. Give me more. I'm, so. I mean, you have been on this journey with me of like waiting for this arc and <laughs> all this. And it's like, it's like burning a hole in my soul right now. I'm just like, the second I finish here, I'm going to start reading it. Am I going to sleep tonight? Maybe. <laughs> I like, I always say that, like, I, it's, I always say, like, oh, I'm going to read throughout the night. And then I like wake up on my couch with a Kindle on my face at like two in the morning. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not that girl. I'm not that girl. But I'm very excited. I I just like Sarah writes really good triads in general. Like if you haven't read Gravity and Freefall. So angsty, like way angstier than these books are. But they're excellent. And I just like the little snippets, like we've 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 barely seen Hunter and Isabel. Mm -hmm. in the two books but we've seen a little bit of drake especially on eyes on me and i'm like so excited for his like all of his like fuckboy himbo energy Mm -hmm. like he's gonna drink the 3-0 all day coffee in his car (laughs) i was gonna (laughs) do it if i just don't know why that fits so well yeah like Uh, he's gonna he's gonna pick up a shirt that's like in his back seat give it a sniff test and then while he like picks up the shirt there's gonna be a three-day-old coffee under there and he's like well, that looks good too like <laughs> is a condom gonna fall out somewhere because i feel like it will oh exactly <laughs> condoms <Yeah>. and coffee <laughs> but wait so i i the mercy which is the fourth book which is not coming out until at the end of august i know that sarah revealed the the tropes for it mm-hmm it's going to be a reverse age gap so it's Mm going to be I think I mean I think it just makes sense it's Maggie Mm -hmm. but who do you think the guy is going to be because I have a very strong feeling and I'm very excited about it oh oh my god if it's Bo I swear to god I I think it's gonna be Bo I mean it makes sense right okay I was like I was just thinking like who were the other guys in the story because for younger. Eyes, yeah and because for eyes on me I like purposely tried not to see like I knew it was going to be MMF and I like the cover looks like Drake so I kind of you know was getting there in my head but I also was trying to you know keep it out so that the characters in the storyline would be like fresh for eyes give me more so I haven't really been like reading into the different character dynamics for future books but I do have to say Bo is like one of my all-time favorite guy names so I had a lot of issue with him being like the bad guy in praise like I just couldn't get behind it I was like this doesn't fit like it felt like a you know cognitive dissonance so if he's now gonna be the hero 
I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, I think it just makes sense, right? He needs a he needs a redemption arc. Right? At this, I point. mean, not really, not really. Yeah, not really. But you know, like it's. I I don't think I like I don't think he was the villain in praise per se. I think he was just like. I mean, he was acting like a twenty year old dude. Yeah. It was just kind of like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. But I just, I love so I would love to see him go from, you know, being really judgmental, very like anti-kink and like yes. not accepting of this world. Especially since Maggie, what we know of her, she also isn't like, you know, guns blazing, like I'm a sex club owner. Right. Uh, so... If it's Maggie and Bo, I'm gonna be so happy. All I'm saying is this series is very, very good. Very, very fun. Very fun. I think something that also makes the sex club setting like obviously sex clubs is gonna be exciting. But I think in romance novels, I struggle with this personally, like in my own writing, is like trying to come up with sex scenes that aren't just like penis and vagina and like trying to make them interesting because I mean how many sex scenes have we all read like trying to find you know like new ones and that's one of the things that I loved about Sophie Lark's writing especially like there's no saints and there's no devil or there mm-hmm. that those books is like, I think the first book like the, they didn't even have sex in a bed once and I think they only had like penis and vaginas like normal sex like once or something everything else was like up against a dryer and a laundromat or like a handmade dildo with like music and paint and like so on a canvas in an abandoned yeah. duty <laughs> right like, right right so that's something that's cool about you know having a sex club is that you can have all these different elements and scenes that come up naturally you know there's only so many crazy things you can do on a pirate ship <laughs> but you can do a lot more in sex club I'll tell you that. Speaking yeah, from experience, lots more, lot more amenities, you know. Yeah, my experience as a pirate sex sex clubber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have any closing thoughts? Series of the whole. Anything that we want to say that we haven't said so far? It's a really good foray into spicy books. I mean, if somebody's listening to this episode, they probably, you know, already like spicy books. But I think it's a really good foray. You get a little sprinkling of everything. The tropes are stacked. It's not there's no like really dark, murderous things, consent and like ex- explanations sort of of like kink and stuff is very well done. Yeah, I think like I think this is like if you wanna if you want to level up your spicy reading and you want to go from like cartoon covers to something like this, that's just like a smidge more that's not angsty I think this is pretty good I also think it could be a nice like oh you read a book that you thought was smutty cool you as a friend let me introduce you to something else and kind of open up your eyes a little bit more Mm-hmm. Like, let's yeah expand our horizons when it comes to the romance and smut genre for sure and I think like because 
I'm like a low key hoe for sex club books. <laughs> I think this is like a pretty nice tame introduction in to that kind of a trope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just BDSM. Like, there's a lot of different kinks. Shawnee, where can people find you on the interwebs? People can find me on TikTok at Shawnee Reads and on Instagram at Shawnee Reads as well. I don't, most, most of the stuff that I do, that I do on Instagram is just stories because I'm like, I'm, I try to be an aesthetic girly and then this is a lot of work. It's much more fun to post memes and stories, but I try to be pretty active on TikTok and I actually do try to do like good reviews there too. So, you know, follow me everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute treat. Of course. I was so excited when Summer asked me if I wanted to be on, on the podcast. And I was like, and to talk about Sarah Kate. <laughs> then when I asked Sarah, about arcs for me and Kelsey for this episode. I was like, and we're doing with Shawnee because I knew that was gonna, you know, <laughs> little name dropping. She's like, oh my God, I love Shawnee. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I wanna be like, I do, I like Sarah has sent me pictures of her dog because I was like, I just, I was like, I just want everyone to understand on the internet. Like if you're following me, if you're mutuals, if you are, have the ability to send me messages, you can always send me pictures of your dog. And then she sent me pictures of her dog. And I was like, oh, my God, did we just become best friends? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is like, it's like authors. They're just like us. Yes. <laughs> well, awesome. Join our Facebook group. It's below. When this episode is out, Stolen Secrets might be out. Ooh. My book. I should probably promo that. <laughs> I wrote a book. It's Sabrina's book. It's the third book in the Taken series. Y'all, it's spicy. It's a dark historical. We have Grumpy Supernova, because, you know, Sabrina exceeds the sunshine trope. I'm sort of like friends to enemy, friends to lovers to enemies, lovers to mystery, fake dating, uh, quite stabby. All I want to know is, is there custom furniture for fucking? No. I should, I, that should be my, like, that should be my niche. That should be you your know, thing. My, like, signature. <laughs> it's custom fucking furniture. Maybe when you do, like, a rewrite. If you ever do a rewrite for them, you'll have to add in, like, a custom furniture. Oh, no, you do, like, a Patreon epilogue. Super epilogue. Ah, that, oh. that should be my Patreon. Just spicy art and the sex that they have on my, their handmade custom furniture. There I is sort it. of, like, a sex club ish yeah on a pirate ship no <laughs> no it's not a pirate ship. this is actually all on land you guys we have we have moved off of out of the bahamas and off of the high seas this is on land there is kind of like a sexy club sort of thing and then a, definitely a sex club scene in a bonus chapter if you Ooh. want that after you read it <laughs> i'm so excited to read it because the second I met Sabrina I was like if you don't write a book for Sabrina <laughs> I will bully you until you do <laughs> I just hope I do I'm a great justice. friend it's fine <laughs> <laughs> awesome well Shani again thank you so much thank everybody you. listening yeah. at home 
Toodles. Toodles. Bye. Oh, that's why I forgot to mention. This is our last episode of this season. Haven't started decided when the second season's gonna start. Probably gonna be about a four-week break. But what I think would be super fun as like our episode coming back we've talked about denim vipers like every other episode just me and my thoughts and like knife and butt sex and stabbing and i think <laughs> it'd be so funny which was kind of like shawnee suggested this if we had like our partners read denim vipers or let's be real gabby hasn't even finished my like 200 page book so she's not gonna read the 600 page book but maybe just like the spicy scenes and then they do an episode of just like our partners talking about Dana Vipers. Uh, it's gonna turn into it's gonna turn into like a support group where we will just get left high and dry. <laughs> yes. That'd be fucking hysterical and I'm all for it. <laughs>